Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Authentic Podcast with Justin Doulard. And thank you for tuning in to another episode. It's time! All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning back in to the Authentic Podcast. It is Wednesday, February 10th, and I have who I believe probably my most unique guest to the date. So uh, extremely unique at that. She is a celebrity psychic who has been featured by Will Ferrell's Ron Burgundy podcast, BuzzFeed, NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox, and many, many other media outlets. Today, we have the privilege of speaking with Miss Laura Powers. Laura, thank you for coming on, and how are you doing? I'm doing amazing. Thanks so much for having me today. Yeah, absolutely. So, hope you're staying warm, and like I said, I really appreciate you coming on, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Um, I told you before, we had I had a lot of engagement on my Facebook uh, q and I had probably 15 to 20 questions asked from people, and uh, I'm sure some of those will get covered in general talk but uh, I did write them down because some of them are specific so I guess we'll, we'll dive right into it so that sounds great uh, I'm extremely intrigued by you um, you were one of the rare people that asked kind of to come to me um, we're in the the podcast group and you said hey I might be someone good to come on your show normally I have to you know reach out to everyone else so I was like okay who is this looked it up and <laughs> I knew this would be a good conversation so um, I guess the first question I have which is probably the most general one is how did you even become or figure out that you were a psychic slash medium? How does that work? Yeah. So I think it happens differently for people with these abilities, but in my case, I was very much like the kid in the sixth sense. If you've ever seen that movie, Haley Joe Osment character where I saw spirits that looked like solid people to me. So in fact, it was sometimes difficult for me to tell who is a live person and who is the spirit. And I would do things like think there was an intruder in the house and I call the cops and it's a ghost. I mean, it was really confusing and sometimes embarrassing for me. And I grew up uh, just thinking maybe I was crazy and just trying not to talk about it. I, I learned to observe other people. Like, what did they see in sense? You know, did it seem like something someone else was seeing or not? And if it wasn't, then I just didn't bring it up. And fast forward many years, and as I got older, my abilities got stronger, which I think happens a lot for those who have a soul path or purpose in this work. So it was like I, I couldn't really um, ignore it super well. And uh, then I had a, a life-changing moment where a family friend described a ghost that I'd seen but never told anyone about. So that was the moment that I knew I wasn't crazy. Like, you can't see a hallucination of mine, and then it's not a hallucination. But I, I still didn't really know what to do about it. I didn't have psychic teachers in my life at the time. And so I tried to block it all out. And I was fairly successful in the sense that I stopped seeing and sensing a lot of the things that were there. But basically, I, I you know, blocked out everything. And fast forward many years, and I was in a bad place in my life. I was physically sick. I was unemployed. I was in a bad marriage. And this all came to head for me during the recession. And I went to a psychic just to try to get guidance to figure out what the heck to do with my life. And she basically, without me saying anything that I just told you, told me how when I shut out my abilities, I shut out my intuition and I needed to open back up. And she told me about angels. So I learned to invite angels into my life. 
And my life completely transformed. I went from a pretty hopelessly, you know, bad seeming situation to changing my life, turning it around very, very quickly and started taking psychic training classes just to manage my life and very quickly realized that this was a part of what I was meant to do for work. So uh, just to give people some context, I was working in government and politics before this. So <laughs> it was a pretty big transition to go from, you know, government to psychic work. Um, but here I am. It's now my main profession. I have a healthy business that I've been growing for years and um, have several books on, you know, various psychic topics. Uh, I have a podcast, Healing Powers podcast, where we dig into all of this stuff and love what I do. And I'm very passionate about helping people understand the psychic realm because I think there's a lot of misunderstandings about it that I'd like to get clarified and educate the public on. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, <clears throat> gosh, so many questions. Uh, one to start with. So you said as a child, you would see peop ghosts that they, you, it was hard to differentiate them between real people. Sometimes, yeah, not always, but sometimes it was clear they weren't, um, some, and not just ghosts, but also other non-human entities, you know, basically things in the non-physical realm I would see. D does that still occur now or, or you, you typically see that you can tell a difference or sometimes those kind of blend? Um, I can generally tell the difference. Yes. Uh, with experience uh, and also just being able to better sense the different energy frequencies. So a ghost typically has a very specific kind of energy frequency. Um, and I've, I've just learned to kind of tap into that and like feel the difference between a solid person and an, an, a, a, a not solid or not alive person. But yeah, it's, it's complex. And um, this is a lot of what I do for my work is people hire me. Um, I do mediumship, so communicating with spirits on the other side. And then I've also done paranormal investigation work and ghost whispering where you communicate specifically with earthbound spirits or ghosts. So I have plenty of friends and family that, you know, have, have always told me for years that they've seen ghosts or they've seen uh, relatives that have passed as ghosts and that, you know, it makes them happy sometimes. And sometimes it, uh, they can kind of feel that sensation that they're around. I've never felt that. Is there a common reason that there are certain people who see ghosts and spirits and some that don't? Well, I think it's just like anything. There are some people that have more natural abilities or inclinations with certain things they can do or not to. Uh, so for example, you know, some children that immediately obviously have like strong athletic ability or strong music ability or, you know, art ability. But that said, we also don't really learn about how to access all of this when we're young. So, you know, if we had like psychic one-on-one training when we were little kids, you know, it would, could be a very different world right now. So frequently when I teach, because I teach these classes, psychic development classes, and it's, it's pretty common that there's someone in there who's just kind of curious and they just want to explore. And then we start digging into some of the exercises and they're really, really psychic. So, you know, there's different ways that it can manifest. So for example, you could be clairvoyant, which is when you see, so I'm a clairvoyant. So it's pretty clear I'm seeing something, right? But if you're empathic where you feel energy in your body, or if you have psychometry where you get information through touch or you're telepathic where you get information through thoughts, you may or may not automatically recognize that it's a psychic ability that you're experiencing. Whereas with the clairvoyant aspect, which is means seeing, like it was pretty clear something was happening. I thought I was crazy for a while, but then once I understood about these abilities and got confirmation, I realized it was a psychic ability. But some people need training to understand what they're experiencing what's, and what is a psychic ability that they have. Thank you. I want to I want to kind of start some of the Q and A that I had kind of pepper them in the in the conversation so I don't sure. you know just drill you with twenty one questions at the end. But, <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, does everybody have a spirit guide? 
or only certain people have spirit guides? So yes, everyone has angels and spirit guides. Um, in a very few rare circumstances, someone will say like, hey, I don't want angels assigned to me. So we're probably heard of that idea of a guardian angel, you know, so we have those. And then in addition to that, we have other spirit guides typically that also help us. So you can think of them as like a sort of spirit team that are there to help you guide and navigate and support you in your incarnation. So yes, everyone does, but a lot of people don't feel that connection because they don't know about it and they don't know how to access them. I have uh, someone who listens quite a bit that they have been to a meeting before and uh, their spirit God had a name. Does you, do you, do yours, excuse me, does your spirit God have a name? Yeah, well, I have many guides. So one of my uh, main guides is Archangel Michael, um, who's also an angel. So there are non angel spirit guides as well, but angels can also act as guides for us. And this is a, you know, a, a guy that I, from the somewhat young, I, I could feel a connection with the angels and by the way, our names often have meaning for us. So my middle name is Michelle, which is the female version of Michael. But I knew something was up when I, I was at a museum and I was at the Isabella Gardner Stewart Museum in Boston. And it was like across the room and I saw this giant painting. And I was like, I know that guy, except as I got closer, it was a painting from I think the 1500s. And it, it's like an angel, it's Archangel Michael. And I was like, it was the weirdest thing. It was like this, like, I know this person. And then I walked up and I was like, oh, that makes no sense at all. You know, so sometimes we'll have these little inklings or, or connections. But a lot of times, most people, they really don't have any sense of that. But everyone does have an angel and then also other spirit guides that may also be assigned. And yes, you can learn, you can connect their name, you can ask for, you know, specific help from them. And that's a wonderful thing to do. Is that person or spirit guide ever a friend or family member that has passed? Or is it always somebody kind of, you know, a, a third party per se? Yeah, so I think our loved ones who have crossed over to the other side can act as like a guardian angel in a way or a spirit guide but they're not typically like the ones that we're talking about where they're assigned to us, um, you know, early on, but they do love us very much and will obviously care for us and what happens with us and will often act out on our behalf on the spiritual side or in the spiritual realm as well. And, you know, we feel the loss so much when someone passes away, but usually they feel really connected with us. Still, they'll still kind of come and visit us. They'll be around us. They'll, you know, know what's going on, even if we don't sense that they are. Thank you. I was going to ask, because um, <clears throat> it's in your pitch line too, and I did listen to it, the uh, the Ron Burgundy podcast. I was going to kind of talk about that and just, just have general conversation because uh, how, how did you get connected with uh, with Will Ferrell, I guess? And, you know, what what's Will like outside of character? Really nice um, guy from my experience. I mean, it was a, a, I was there for the day of the recording and, and that was it. So it's not like I had a lot of, you know, time before and after, but I, one of the things I teach is manifesting. So I think we have the ability to call in different things and opportunities. And I had definitely been asking my angels and spirit guides for help with kind of bigger media. And I've had a lot of, you know, wonderful opportunities. And so I, they basically just invited me to be on the show. So they found me. Um, I asked the producer about their process. She said, I spent several hours on your website, which I was like, several hours, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and then they reached out and invited me on the show. So they were specifically looking for a psychic. So, you know, there are certain shows where they don't really accept pitches. And, and that would be, I think, one of those shows where, you know, if you get invited, you get invited. And then there are some shows where you can pitch. Very nice. Um, soulmates, can you explain those? 
are they are soulmates real and how do they, how do those work? And I was I was also going to ask, can a soulmate be not a partner? Can that be a friend as well? Yeah, we have a lot of different soul relationships, and I think the idea of a soulmate is often misunderstood. And I think it's frequently used to describe someone that we have a very strong soul connection to. So yeah, it doesn't have to be a romantic connection. And sometimes people feel that someone's a, a soulmate when it's really more of like someone in your soul circle or soul family. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're meant to be a mate with that person. It can, but not necessarily. So I've seen a lot of people say, he's my soulmate. And I look, I'm like, this is a very dysfunctional relationship and you're being guided to step away from this person, you know? So I just, I just feel to say that because it can be, you know, credible, but also sometimes we connect with different souls to help learn very difficult situations. And sometimes we may be very close to someone on a soul level, but they may still be providing a lot of challenge for us in terms of our lessons. So we can be close to a soul and that doesn't mean that it's going to be easy for us. You said whenever you were younger, you, you know, you saw and experienced these things. And then for a brief period of your life, you basically turned it off or, or kind of, you know, put it on the back burner and, and, you know, took a different path. But then you said you weren't doing very well overall with your, you know, your health. and. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you, now that you've taken on this full time and, you know, you found your calling and you, and you do it, you know, as a livelihood, are you able to turn that off? Um, I guess for your own clarity, uh, it was a question that I had and someone had kind of asked, uh, you know, how do you set boundaries and protect yourself while you're practicing? Sure. So, yeah, and to to be specific, I turned off my abilities, uh, generally speaking, for about 10 years. I mean, it took a while for me to get so kind of off. But, yeah, uh, I don't recommend it. If you have these abilities and you shut it off, you're you're basically also shutting off your navigation system. You're shutting off your ability to tell what's going to help you, what's you know, going to be not helpful. So I really recommend for anyone who has these abilities to tap in and even who anyone who doesn't feel that they do to just learn about it because it can be helpful. But yeah, right now, I wouldn't say that I ever turn it off because I want to know if something's important. But when I'm working, I really am fully focused on it's kind of like, um, you know, running full speed or something like you can't do it all the time, right? I, so I really focus on purely the psychic realm when I'm working and then when I'm not working and still somewhat on, but it's kind of like I'm more walking versus running all the time, if that makes sense. Like, and, and then obviously I, I sleep and rest and whatnot. So yeah, it's just a matter of how much I use it at a given time. And then also a matter of setting up energetic and spiritual boundaries. So when I was young, one of the reasons I had such a hard time and I was always seeing ghosts um, and non-physical beings like this was because I didn't know how to set up spiritual boundaries. And we're not really taught that like, you know, physically we're like, we learn, don't touch me. If I don't know you, we, you know, don't touch my body. We learn, you have a house, you have a door on the house, you have a lock on the door. These are, are things we do to protect ourselves physically, but we really need to learn how to do that energetically and spiritually, especially if we have these abilities because we'll attract different beings. So I had to learn how to do that. So now that I know how to protect my space, it's a lot easier for me to kind of let my guard down in a way because I'm in, I know I'm in a safe space when I'm not working. If I was going to seek someone's services, a medium or a psychic, uh, you know, obviously if it was not you, what are some things to be leery of? And then, you know, how do I spot someone who is pulling my leg? Not, not a real psychic medium. I, I guess, you know, this, this whole world is new to me per se. Um, 
you know, are there a lot of people out there taking advantage of people or, or is that, you know, kind of uh, rare? And, and if so, you know, how do you spot or typically how would you try to weed out somebody who is, is not legitimate? Yeah. I mean, I think there are a lot of people that are either not legitimate or um, just maybe not, not that great. So I definitely recommend for people to do research on a psychic um, check out their website. I recommend going to someone who has a who has a website. Check out their reviews if they have them. See what other people have to say, and also, you know, word of mouth. So checking with people in your circle. Do they have someone they've been to? Asking them about that is great. And just you know, a word of of caution in terms of some storefront psychics. Not not all, but some of them. You know, and by the way, I'm saying meaning like you know, a psychic that literally has um, a physical location, and they often will have like the palm reading sign or the aura sign or something that, that you know, the, the sort of neon sign, that's just a sort of stereotype. And this always confused me because I frequently would walk by some of these places and just feel like horrible energy. And I also realized like there weren't many people there, but it'd be like really expensive real estate. So always something was kind of like strange about that. And then when I was researching a new credit card processor, they, they basically said, you know, we can't cover you because you're a psychic. And when I asked them about that, they said, but um, some storefront psychics are actually fronts for money laundering oh, wow, <laughs> you know, so okay. because it, cause it can be a cash business. It's a way that they try to legitimize, you know, mob money basically. So anyway, just something to be aware of. I think it's um, good to use your own intuition in terms of who to go to do some research, check out website. If they have one, check out reviews, ask people for referrals. So in my case, I, I do get a lot of referrals. I get a lot of repeat clients and I get, you know, someone will come to me and then they'll refer a bunch of people to me. So that's very frequently what ends up happening. So yeah, do your diligence basically. And there is a reason for caution in this area. So if I go to a shop downtown, I might be dealing with the mob or something. Uh, again, I'm, I'm not saying any particular shop I'm just, or, or location. I'm just saying that this is something that was told to me that this can happen. Interesting. So, I'm sure that and, happens with other businesses too. So I, I did briefly have, I have had two storefront locations briefly, but for the most of my time in my career in this work, I've been um, online or over the phone or kind of mobile in terms of my location. And most of the legitimate psychics that I know operate that way as well. And so, now during the pandemic, it's like, great, you can, you know, set up, we can assume just like we're doing now or just via phone as well. Yeah. So the, the pandemic didn't really hurt you much then because you've been doing that for quite some time. Yeah, I've been primarily <laughs> online for about five years. But yeah, actually, this is in terms of business. I was very busy this year. I think a lot of people were looking for guidance. And I also teach podcasting. So I really felt to do that more now with just everyone suddenly being home and trying to figure out, you know, how to how to do things differently. So between those two reasons, it's been quite a busy year for me. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, at the end of this, I was going to have you talk more on your books and uh, your podcast and whatnot. And I'll, I always include the links to, uh, to my guests, to their, their shows and their stuff and that. So I'll, I'll be sure and do that. But right. <laughs> uh, I think this is another big question, at least for <clears throat> where I'm from. Uh, how does religion conflict with, you know, psychic medium realms? I know in some religions, you know, it's not necessarily looked as a good thing, but I know there are some people, you know, including my friends who I had asked, uh, for good questions that, you know, they believe in both. They are, you know, pretty big Christians, um, but they also believe in, in you know, the psychic uh, medium realm, but it's not really looked upon positively 
uh, in like the traditional church setting, at least for a lot of them. So that, you know, that yeah. may not be popular everywhere. Um, I am from Oklahoma, so it's, uh, you know, the Bible belt per se, but, uh, you know, is there any confliction there? Do you, do you come across that problem quite a bit? I mean, certainly there's lots of different religions all over the world and some have, you know, discussions about this type of, of ability and work and, and some don't. So I was raised Catholic. So, I mean, there's a lot of discussions and, and kind of a lot of almost magical stuff talked about in Catholicism, maybe more so than, you know, Christianity and, or some branches of Christianity. But, you know, one thing I want to say that I think is in a lot of these various religions is angels. So angels are in described in Christianity, they're described in Islam, they're described in Judaism, and angel-like beings are described in cultures all over the world. So that is, you know, one of the things that I think ties a lot of these different religions together. The way I feel about religion is I think that some of them have a lot to offer. From my perspective as a psychic, there isn't one religion that I feel like kind of really works in terms of the whole system for me. So I, I think of myself and describe myself as spiritual versus religious, but I do understand why people um, like religion. And I think that there are some wonderful things that they can have to offer. I encourage everyone to be open-minded because all religions are essentially um, described and structured by humans, you know? So you look at Catholicism and, and that's what I have the most personal experience with since my family is Catholic. And, you know, you, you look at the Bible, well, the Bible was put together by men and what we call the Bible was revised and changed over various periods in time. So for example, the Roman Emperor Constantine at one point pulled out several um, parts of the Bible that had references to reincarnation. So there used to be references to reincarnation in the Bible, because if you can reincarnate, then, you know, there came up questions like, why do you need the church or why do you need less rights or why do you need all these things from the church? So I just encourage people to do research about it and just know that inherently, you know, these religions um, have been created and that's not to say there isn't spiritual truth in them, but a lot of the things that people tend to argue and differentiate with different religions, you know, has to do with languaging and some things that were literally created by men and typically like hundreds or thousands of years ago. And, you know, we've changed a lot as a culture. And, you know, another thing that happened like in the Bible specifically in the, in the Catholic Bible is that there were followers of Jesus who's, who were female, whose names were changed to male names in order to be more in line with the times, you know? So there's been a lot of changes. It's not like this was originally the word from God. And then, you know, it was literally the culture of the time has really informed and structured how these religions were in many cases created and taught to others. I listened to several of your shows, one of them being the Ron Burgundy one, but the other one, I don't remember the, the woman's name you were with, but, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you said that you believe that everyone everyone has been something else in the past life. Like we've already participated in reincarnation. Is that, is it, did I remember that correctly? Yeah, that's, that's my general understanding. And there may be some very few exceptions, but generally if we're here as a human in this particular time in society, we've incarnated before. Uh, so I'm native American, <clears throat> not a lot, but I am, but my great grandmother was a full blood native American and an old Indian tale or Indian tales that some Indians say is that, uh, Native Americans can be shapeshifters, which is they, mm -hmm. you know, could could go to an animal like present day 
Have you ever sure. heard of anything like that? Or is that off the wall to you? Oh, not at all. No, I, I do believe that that's possible. And as, absolutely. And someone who's psychic, I see, I see things that other people don't see both physically and spiritually. And I, I absolutely believe that that's possible. There's a book I write about this called Supernatural Survival Guide, where I talk about, you know, kind of supernatural beings and, and different types and, you know, what they do. So I do talk about shape shifters in there. And I think they're actually different type of shape shifters. So I think there are um, human lineage people that could shape shift. And I think there's types that are, are not human, but can appear human through shape shifting as well. Many different uh, dimensions, you know, I think we're living in an extra dimensional situation here where we have the earth plane. Um, so we have extraterrestrials. You've, I'm sure everyone's heard that term where you're, you're in this plane, but from a different location. And then there's other dimensions. So you can be an extra dimensional being from another Terra as well. So you can be an extraterrestrial, extra dimensional <laughs> being. But, you know, this, what we view as reality, I think most people tend to think that is very solid and very simple. And in, in my perspective, it's very complex, actually. And when you start to open up to this stuff, it can be pretty wild because I have seen and experienced beings that I'm like, that is not a human. That looks human. You know, everyone assumes this person's a human. That is not a human. You, you've seen people you thought was not a human. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how to respond to that. Like, <laughs> so obviously they're not an alien, but you, you know, they're, they're something else. Oh, they could say. be. Yeah. No, they could be. Yeah. Again, what we define as an alien, there's extraterrestrials and there's extra, extra dimensional beings. So beings that are from a different dimension, but could can come into our dimension. So I believe that, yes, that is possible. Both are possible. And I think a lot of times people are talking about extra dimensional beings but or they're thinking it's an extraterrestrial being, but it's really an extra dimensional being. I'm such a kid at heart. And I, I think about funny things all the time. But as soon as you said that, I instantly thought of like uh, Will Smith and Men in Black. I, I believe that there's a lot happening that we are not told about. And as soon as I started opening to the psychic realm, I started to have these experiences of things that like, wow, this isn't, you know, this isn't what we're being told in terms of, of what's going on. And, and that's not my area of focus. Like I tend to focus on, angels, you know, and my work with humans, <laughs> but no, there's a lot more going on than what we're told. And in terms of the media, I do think that there's a lot that gets kind of, you know, not told to us in terms of the mainstream. So I've participated and gone to conferences and events where these kinds of things are discussed. And, and for example, you know, there'll be, um, a conference where they're talking about exopolitics. Exopolitics is the term for, you know, the interrelation between humans and non-humans, so extraterrestrials, basically. And you know, they'll have a conference, and they'll, and they'll have, like, they'll have senators speaking there, or, you know, government officials who are talking about their experience with flying saucers. And then the picture that they put in the newspaper is literally the person with, like, a tinfoil hat on. You know, like, that's <laughs> how it's presented in the media, probably because it sells as well. But there are if you look at, um, there's lots of documentations of, you know, official people in government who have come out to talk about some, you know, different things that they've witnessed and stated. You know, you look at, obviously, Roswell is one of the most famous examples, but like, there's definitely some, some unusual things happening there, things that don't really quite add up. So I just question, uh, excuse me, I encourage everyone to sort of question the narrative and just not assume that whatever we've been told is the case. Yeah, I've... Uh... I've always wanted to go to Roswell just to drive, you know, I know it's kind of a touristy spot now, but I've always wanted to go check it out. My wife's been and said it was, is, you know, kind of corny now with, with all yeah, the stuff, but I always thought it would right. be neat. But 
um, I feel like a lot of people listen to, to Joe Rogan. I don't know if you do, but, uh, you know, probably about a dozen episodes ago, he had a gentleman on named Travis Walton, who, uh, I guess, you know, uh, I was born in 1990. So I guess in the seventies, he was, uh, you know, supposedly abducted by aliens mm -hmm. and, um, you know, his story, obviously it's made, some people think it's fake, but he talked about, uh, he was with five or five to seven coworkers and they didn't particularly get along that well. So they didn't have a really a reason to all have the same story. And uh, I guess the five guys he was working with, um, you know, saw him get abducted and they thought they were lying and they thought he, um, they thought he, they had killed him and he showed up five days later, uh, you know, pretty disheveled. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's an interesting one. You may enjoy that, but. I'll definitely check that out. I mean, there are a lot of reports of these kinds of things. And, and I will just say, I've had, I've literally witnessed, um, you know, beings that I'm like, that looks human, but it's not a human. Like I, I psychically, does that, do not did that human. scare they don't, you? Um, no, I've had, um, I've had some unusual interactions. So it is believed that a lot of extraterrestrials are very telepathic. That's something that's discussed. And now there, there are different types of extraterrestrials. So not all of them are, but some of them are. So I had, you know, some, some uh, exchanges, some psychic exchanges with some of them. But in, in one case, there were these two men, and I'm putting that in quotes, that were not, they were not following social norms. So I was at a, a nightclub in Los Angeles. This was when I was living there. And I was getting paid to do bottle services as a thing where they like cast people where you go and like, you know, they'll pay to make it look like they have a bunch of people there dressed up nicely or whatever. So I was doing that. So I was in this bottle service area. And I noticed these two men right away. They were very tall. I'm talking like, you know, six, eight, like very, very tall, two men. Um, and when I felt in them, so I'm an empath, which means I feel emotions and, and energy outside my body, in my body. And they literally had no emotion. Like I didn't feel anything from them. And so I noticed them right away because they were very tall and like very obviously stood out. And I noticed them and something was very strange about them. So this, they basically came up to the night, to the like place where I was doing the bottle service and there was a rope separating it. And one of them leaned against my back. Now it was not crowded. He literally had to come up and lean against me in a non-crowded situation. Like that's not a normal thing to do. And I psychically said to him back off and, um, and I leaned forward and he, he still stood there. And at this point I'm like, this guy's not listening. So I went to the bathroom and he and the other guy followed me down so there again there were no words exchanged this was all mentally and then once again i told them to back off and they did eventually leave but that that's weird behavior like that's not something that a human <laughs> would typically do without any kind of conversation happening did you did you happen to ask anybody around it was like do you know who these guys are or has anybody ever heard no, of you just I mean, kinda... it, was a, it was a big nightclub yeah no um but th that's just one example um and i've also literally seen uh UFOs, meaning like they can't be explained. And, and in one case, it was on the news, like a bunch of people, it wasn't just like me seeing it, it was like made the news of these, these lights that didn't behave in normal flight patterns. So it was like three lights that were red and they in the sky made a line and then they'd make a triangle and then they'd make a line and then they'd make a triangle. So that's just one example of one of the things that I've seen that was, it was on the news because so many people saw it and it was unex it's still unexplained. It's 2021. So things are, you know, we're, people are learning more and being more open-minded, I feel like, than they ever have been in history. But uh, how often do you get called crazy? 
How, you know, um, is it, did that, you know, you, it started when you were younger, but are there people that still skeptics and doubters or oh, of course. I mean, to you at all? No, I mean, if you look on online videos and things, of course, there's going to always be trolls and, you know, oh, yeah. people that That's say crazy online. things, but in terms of like my circle, no, um, I don't expect others to have the worldview that I do because they don't perceive the world that I do. They don't literally see what I see. They don't feel what I feel. So I'm not here to try to convince anyone what I believe. I do recommend being open-minded and, and, and I encourage people not to just assume that whatever they've been told is correct because true science is all about hypothesis and then things that we even thought were like a scientific fact or principle are deemed wrong like all the time like this is a part of the scientific process is this this exploration putting something forward and then we get new information and then you know we have to come to a different conclusion so i just encourage everyone to do that and I actually do feel that I'm quite scientific and that there's just a lot of these things we don't have ways to measure or understand these things yet, or at least that we know of. You look at government programs and, and I have my podcast, Healing Powers podcast, I interviewed Russ Targ on my show. He was literally a, a spy um, or, or excuse me, a psychic that was hired by the spy program during the Cold War to spy on the Russians as a psychic, like this is a, this was a funded government program where they paid psychics to get information and intelligence, basically, What's you know, it? so uh, Russ Targ, Russell Targ. Okay. Yeah. So you can listen to that episode on my podcast, Healing Powers podcast. He actually has a, a documentary about this. I think it's called Third Eye Spies. That is on, I believe, Amazon, um, maybe on other places as well. So you can listen to that, you know, this is what happens is like something is very secret and it's not you know told to us and then it comes out decades later so we don't know what they're currently doing but you can guarantee that whatever is currently being done is not being told to us right now it'll come out a lot later but that doesn't mean it's not happening it's not like these things aren't happening um the other one there's a movie that was made about this um what was it called i think it was the the men who laugh at goats or something it was with george clooney where yeah, I've heard of one, that. It, yeah, so that's a, a mainstream movie that that was about some, one of these like wild um, programs that was funded by the military. Yeah, I, I've never seen that. I do remember, uh, you know, hearing about that and seeing the title. It just sounded weird to me. It didn't sound mm -hmm. interesting, but I may have to look into that. So, so yeah. you, but you're saying this gentleman that you had on, you were on his podcast or he was on yours? No, he was on mine for his documentary. So he was one of these, um, you know, government employees that was, you know, secretly using psychic abilities um, to spy during the Cold War. So, I mean, this is definitely something that's happened. I mean, if the government is funding it, like, you know, that's something to pay attention to. So I, but then again, I'm just saying, like, I know a lot of people will dismiss a lot of stuff. I'm like, there's a lot more going behind the scenes than what we're, we're told or what we're taught. So just to, you know, be aware, um, see what resonates for you. But I do think that a lot of younger people are more distrusting of, you know, what we're told and also more willing to make their own opinion. And a lot, a lot of opinions are changing in terms of about the, uh, you know, extraterrestrials. There was some kind of disclosure statement. I think it was it was maybe a few months ago where there was some kind of statement that the military said acknowledging some kind of extraterrestrial life. So, I mean, there's more and more of these kinds of things that will be coming out, I think, over time. Do you have anybody that... Um like a bucket list or like a, you know, someone that you would, um, I guess like dream of being their psychic or their medium, like whether that's a, you know, a role model or a celebrity or, or, or somebody you're like, I want to, you know, I want to get with this guy and see uh, what he's all about. Does, is that well, how it I'm, works? 
I mean, I'm pretty lucky. I've actually worked with a lot of celebrities and, and many of them, I can't, I can't say their names because I've signed non-disclosure agreements, but yeah. I've worked with big, big stars, movie stars, you know, television stars, um, household names. So I, I mean, I love working with nice celebrities. I want to put that out there. Those that are nice and friendly. <laughs> Have you <laughs> had some bad encounters? Work. I've been pretty lucky. I mean, I just like anyone, I've had some strange encounters with, you know, just people in the public as a whole. Um, like I said, you know, you look at the comments on, you know, some of my videos, BuzzFeed or whatever, you, know, you get all kinds of people responding to that. But in terms of the yeah. people that I've worked with, I've been, you know, very blessed and lucky. So, yeah. How did you become so successful in that, especially in the, you know, the celebrity world? Like, I, I obviously know that, you know, you're an entrepreneur. And so that was probably a huge part of it. But, uh, you know, how did you differentiate yourself and get these big, big time clients? So I think there's, that's a complex question. Uh, one of them is I, I worked hard and not just, it's not about, you know, just putting the time or something, but literally I took a lot of classes. I really worked at my, my skills and my abilities. So I think that's important, whatever you're doing. I took it seriously. Like I, I did, I signed up for training and I, you know, treated it as a business. There's a lot of people that kind of dabble in this work. And then I, I, I held my value. I think this is an important thing in anything, anytime someone is an entrepreneur or anytime someone's doing something that's maybe a little bit out of the box and certainly for creatives, it's important to honor your value. And if you don't honor your value, then the, the universe reciprocates in kind. So the analogy I like to give people is the universe is very much like a Netflix queue. If you watch Netflix, like it, there's this algorithm and whatever you engage with, whatever you watch, it shows you more of that. So in terms of your life, you know, what are you saying yes to? What are you inviting more of to come to you? So if you connect with people that don't appreciate you, don't want to pay your fees, don't, you know, value what you offer, or if you don't value yourself, then you're going to get people connecting with you that feel the same. So I think that's the, one of the first things you can do is, is really teach others and teach the universe like how you want to be treated. And if something isn't feeling good or isn't lining up for you, you know, say no, walk away and don't allow that to come in for yourself. So for me, it's been a process of continuing to put out my work, um, you know, taking it seriously, valuing those that are connecting with me, and then just, you know, having high standards for myself and, and for others in terms of my work. As far as um, children and young adults, is that rough to connect with those uh, in the spirit world when the, to relay those for, for people, young adults, or maybe children who are not Those as... who have passed, is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think so much of it depends on the circumstances of someone's death. Um, generally speaking, you know, spirits are usually go to place when they're on the other side. I think what's hardest for me is, is honestly not the, the spirit, but the, the loved ones who are still here. And the, the challenges or struggles that they may be going through if they've lost someone. I had one day, this was kind of early on in my career, and I had two um, mothers whose sons had committed suicide, you know, and that was, that was a heavy day, to put it mildly. You know, I have so much compassion for, you know, those mothers and, and everything that they're going through. So days like that, when I'm dealing with really tough emotional situations, obviously, that's challenging because I, I feel what's going on with them. I have empathy for what they've gone through. Um, but those spirits who are in the light, meaning they've, they fully crossed over they're on heaven or whatever you want to call it. They're, you know, they're in a wonderful place and they are usually trying to help their loved ones here more than anything. This may be an ignorant question and I'm not sure if it is, then, you know, don't, don't hold it against me, but 
I have to ask about Ouija boards mm, because yes. there's these, you know, you see everything in the movies and these misconceptions and stereotypes. Are these things just a junk board game or do, do they really, you know, mingle with spirits? Uh, I, I, I'm a believer that they don't because you could, you know, buy them at Walmart for 20 bucks, but uh, you know, people think differently. So. Yeah, I would be very cautious with Ouija boards. I, I don't recommend using them if you don't have training and even with training, I think it can still be dangerous. So that's my perspective on Ouija boards. I personally know several individuals who have just been messing around as children and called in something really unpleasant that they then had to deal with and in some Seriously. cases struggled with for years. Yeah. So yeah, I don't recommend it. I don't think it should be marketed as a children's toy. I think it's actually quite dangerous to market it that way because it, without being handled properly and without protections, it, it's, it's like an open doorway to the spiritual realm without any protections in place, you know? I just don't think it's a good idea. Um, some people like to play with it, think it's fun. If you feel to do that, I definitely recommend asking angels to protect the channel um, because otherwise it's basically saying like, hey, come and talk to me, whoever. I mean, you just don't know. You don't okay, know who's so going to answer. I, I, I mean, I, <clears throat> I don't know. I made a guess and I thought you would say that they're just kind of a bogus toy. So the fact Absolutely that you not. said the fact no, that you I literally, said that. I literally think it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it could be dangerous. I'll just say that. So how, so like, I've never bought one, never played one really, but you know, you go to Walmart and there's, you know, 200 board games. And then there's one right there, like you said, marketed to children. It's like ages, you know, eight to eight plus to an adult. How does something like that with so much potential get sit next to Yahtzee and Monopoly and uh, connect four or something? I mean, it's right I there. Think it's I think it's, it's being, you know, that company and or any company really is, or it's a, it's a company designed to make sales. I think it does have an appeal. So on a business level, I understand it being sold. Um, I think a lot of the people who buy it and, and potentially even those who made it, I, I don't know the story. So this is not about any particular company, but they may not believe anything of this either, you know? So it okay. all depends on your perspective on it. Wow. I did not expect that answer, but that's good. I appreciate that. So I just encourage anyone who's doing any kind of messing with the spiritual realm to get educated, to pay attention to what's going on, to use their intuition, to ask for protection. So the other thing that people will sometimes get into trouble with is a paranormal investigation. So there's all these paranormal investigation shows, um, you, you can, you know, ghost adventures and whatnot. These, these are all just many different types of shows where they ghost hunters, international, et cetera. And I'm, 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 this is not about those shows. It's more just, if you are going to try some of what they show on those shows, just know that you are, are in you could potentially interact with some intense energy beings. And if you don't know how to handle that, you know, you could be left dealing with a, a tough situation as a result. So I, I've done a lot of paranormal investigation, but I also know how to protect myself. I know how to clear whatever I experience and not bring it home with me, not take on that spirit or that being kind of on the rest of my journey. Are there any um, like areas or cities that are more spiritual than others or more spiritually prone? So, you know, m maybe some that wouldn't be so stereotypical, like for example, um, like New Orleans, supposed to be like a voodoo town. Is that just kind of the touristy culture thing or is there really pretty spiritually there? It's, it's a, you can like cut the supernatural energy with a knife in New Orleans. It is incredibly really? 
supernatural. Absolutely. I mean, these cities that have that reputation, there's a, there's generally a reason for that. So I almost moved to New Orleans. I've actually spent quite a bit of time there, have a lot of clients in New Orleans and Louisiana as a whole. Um, you know, there's a reason that it's such a part of their culture because I think the energy is very strong there for this type of work. So yeah, New Orleans is very strong. I mean, it's interesting. You look at Los Angeles, that, that you know, the, the city literally means angels, you know, I mean, it's interesting. So there is a lot of angelic energy there, but there's also, you know, the, the light in a way can attract the darkness as well. So there can be a lot of darkness there as well. But yeah, there's places, a lot of places in the South, a lot of places where there's been intense things that have happened, wars, battles, you know, slavery, there's, you know, like there's more likely to be events. supernatural energy, exactly. Um, and burial grounds, that can be the case as well. So, I mean, here in the United States, there's there's a lot of pockets of, you know, intense energies and supernatural energy from various things that have happened here. And then some of it also has to just do with the land and what's going on with the land as well. So ley lines, um, nature spirits and, and whatnot. Yeah, like I said, back where, you know, I'm from Oklahoma, Indian territory is, is can be known for, you know, uh, Native American land being very, very, very uh, spiritual right. and, and, you know, people seeing wild and good things out there at times. So, or, and, and kind of like you mentioned with other things, not to, not to really delve and mess around in there unless you're ready for, to see or yeah. hear something, you know? Yeah. Be cautious and also respectful. I mean, you know, checking in intuitively and seeing like, is this even a place I should be? Is this a, there's a, there's actually a movie you might find interesting. Um, it was, it's on, I'm trying to remember what it's called. It's, I think it's something adventure, but it's, it takes place in Hawaii and there's this whole plot point in there about, the native Hawaiian spirits protecting the burial grounds. It's really interesting. Like we just, as American culture, we're just like, yep, whatever, just bulldoze it. We don't care, you know, <laughs> like it's money, you know, and, and I just think, well, you know, you may then have some challenges on that property if you're not honoring what's there or, or listening to whether this is even something that should be developed. Yeah, I've heard that as well. Um... We're close to our time limit, so I won't keep you too much longer. It's been a, <clears throat> a great conversation. Um, was going to ask a few more questions, and then we can wrap up. Um, I noticed on your uh, – this is kind of off-key because we – you know, I, do you ever get tired of talking about this stuff at all? Do you ever turn off and just want to talk about other things, like other hobbies and interests? Or I mean – I love this kind of stuff. So I love talking about it, but I also love a lot of other things. I mean, I'm a songwriter. I love, you know, creativity and films and travel. And so, I mean, I do love talking about this, stuff, but it's not for me, it's not just all about that. I love, you know, sure. other things as well, but I think this stuff is fascinating and I love talking about it to share it with others and, and hopefully just get a conversation going again. I'm not trying to convince people something, but just even if you start to just think about things in a different way you know, and it's amazing how sometimes when you start to open your mind to some of these things, you may have an experience or witness something that you, you know, can't explain either. I guess, um, you know, just for the average person that just has a traditional job, you probably don't, you know, people don't sit there and pick your brain about work 24 seven. So I didn't know if that's something that you're ever like, dude, can I get a break? Like, I, you know, I don't want to read your mind right now, or I don't want to feel your energy. If, if Oh, yeah. I mean, there are times when, um, you know, I remember one time I was staying at a hotel in Los Angeles, this is before I moved there. And uh, I basically ended up like teaching a class in the lobby because I started talking to someone and it just like, it's like more and more people came in and I was like, you know, cause they were just curious. And so I do have to be aware of my energy boundaries, but something like this where, you know, that's the purpose to educate, share and inform, um, then I'm happy to do that. But that's also one of the reasons why I started to write books. So I have 
eight books. Uh, my last one is on podcasting and then seven books are on the spiritual realm. So that's a great way to learn more about all these things if you're curious. And you know, to me, I don't really differentiate between the sort of psychic spiritual realm and kind of business or work. Like a lot of my clients are actually business owners, entrepreneurs, executives, and I'm using my abilities to help them. Um, in their work. So just something to keep in mind. It doesn't, we don't have to have like, here's my life. Here's my work. Here's the psychic realm. Here's our health. You know, everything to me is a lot more connected. Yeah. Um, so you do a lot of things and you are an entrepreneur and author, you know, seeing and do all this. I, I did see on your website that uh, you take cryptocurrency as payment. So, uh, you know, are you kind of a small time investor? And uh, the, the reason I just uh, brought that up is because uh, I think three or four episodes ago, I had a gentleman who I'm friends with who is a crypto consultant and really big into it. And uh, it's just kind of a hot topic right now. So, yeah, I, I actually um, started learning about cryptocurrency several years ago. And I had a couple of clients that had, they were hedge fund managers and had made a large amount of money through crypto like early on. So I, uh-huh. so I knew like, and I, you know, that this was a thing to learn about. I, I would say I dabble in cryptocurrency. I'm not like, you know, one of those like hardcore people that, you know, does a lot in that world, but I think it's, it's worthwhile. And I think it's also going to be more and more important in the future. So I think it's important for us to have at least a base understanding of it. Um, if we I'm want sure to kind of keep up with what's happening. I'm sure you saw Tesla bought 1.5 billion Bitcoin. Oh yeah. I, so. I own Doge. I, I bought Doge a while ago. So I was like, yeah, it's like my Doge has gone up like about 3000% since I bought it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I have a lot of buddies who own it. Um, and we talked about that, honestly, quite a bit on that podcast. Because uh, I had a buddy post about it. And I thought it was a joke. I didn't know because I well, it this started out as a joke coin. I mean, it started yeah. out literally as a joke. So <laughs> I have some friends who've made, um, you know, quite a bit of money relatively considering the investment. So that's pretty I mean, interesting. That's, that's the thing. If you get on one of these coins at the right time, you literally could make so much money with such a small amount of, you know, dollar investment. Um, so I think it's worthwhile. I, you know, it'll be curious to see. I do think that there's still going to be more growth in the crypto market as a whole. So I definitely encourage everyone to, to start to educate themselves on it because you know, whatever timeline that's going to be. And I think it's going to continue to be important in our society and not just cryptocurrency, but literally blockchain technology, which is, you know, what, what uh, cryptocurrency is based on is, is going to be more and more important. So we need to know about it. Yeah. This is a, probably a dumb question. So don't hold it against me, but do you have the potential to see things before they happen? That oh, far in definitely. Um, so like, could you give the, me a decent more, example? The more, this is what I'll say. The more people are involved in something, the harder it is to predict an outcome. And that is because we all have free will. So we're constantly making choices. So all of our choices influence an actual, you know, an outcome. So anytime you're looking at something with like lots of people, it's harder and harder to predict. what's going to happen. So I do a lot of work with people where they're looking at, you know, manifesting, trying to create their futures that they would like. And I, and I give them guidance, but uh, when, as a psychic, I get bits and pieces. I don't always get the whole entire picture. I get whatever my, my angels and spirit guides and that person's angels and spirit guides relate to me. So I'll, I'll share an example. Uh, This is a, I can talk about this because this client has talked about it publicly. So it's already out there. But um, I had a client, um, she and her family had wanted to move to Hawaii. They were based in Los Angeles. And the first time I met them in a reading, I said, you're going to, you're going to move to Hawaii. And she said, well, that's our plan after retirement and everything. And I was like, well, I feel it's going to be sooner. So this was in like the fall of 2019. 
and they were looking, con considering a property and said, yes, you know, you should buy it. And I said, in about March, I think your husband's going to be, uh, in about six months in March, your husband's going to be able to work from home. Well, he worked for a major uh, movie and television studio. And, and then I said, and, and then it looks like next summer you'll be able to move out. So that would be March of 2020 and summer of 2020. Well, my client told her husband, you know, you're going to be able to work from home. And he's like, there's no way I'm going to be able to work from home. Well, then came the pandemic and everyone's working from home. And then they decided to expedite their timeline for moving to the summer of this past year. So that's an example of like, you know, I knew for them, like, this is what I first saw happening for them. And I, I, I knew there was something coming, but I didn't know exactly what it was. And then I have another client, Mark Gober, who you can also reference because he's a public figure and he's also talked about this. He heard me on a podcast, listened to all my podcasts, booked a session. In that session, I said, you're going to work in spirituality somehow. You're going to write a book, and eventually that's become your work. And he was a Silicon Valley partner in a tech firm. So the Princeton cum laude graduate, like not woo-woo, not into <laughs> this stuff at all. Well, a year later, he wrote the book. A year later, it's a bestseller. And then last summer, he just released his second book, and he had quit his job in Silicon Valley to focus on all this full time. So, you know, the, and he, he references me in his work, so you can check him out, check out his books. These are a couple of examples that I can talk about. Awesome. Yeah. I plugged his name. You said Mark Gober. Yeah. Yeah. He would be a great guest for you. Let me know if you want me to introduce, um, but yeah. Yeah. I may have you do that. Um, I plugged his name in so I can I'm look him up and kind of research him. Excuse me. Fascinating um, guy because he, he does something that I, it's just not my area of focus, but he looks into the scientific aspect of consciousness. So where is, where does consciousness reside? Like how do we track or understand consciousness, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, that is. I will look him up and, you know, be in touch with you. Um, I'm always looking for good guests. So I really appreciate that. Sure. Um, I think I got two more questions for you and then I'll let you kind of, uh, you sure. know, say some, some final things and then we can, can cut you loose. So um, I certainly don't, want to look for freebies and I know I'm not a client of yours, but is there any one individual thing that you could tell me about myself, perhaps, you know, whether that's short or in depth? Um, well, I'm not sure if this is what you're looking for, but I'm just getting to say that you're a lot more powerful than you think that you are. And it's important for you to just um, step forward. They do show me the microphone. I know you're obviously a podcaster, but they, they show me that you're here to reach a lot of people. So it's important for you to, understand that, own that, and really step forward and know that what you're here to do is important. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. And I'm also getting you're quite telepathic. And that means that you just get information through your thoughts. So a lot of people tend to think that their thoughts are created just by them when actually from a psychic perspective, a, a lot of times your thoughts are like, they're what you're thinking. They're what your angels are telling you. They're what your neighbor is thinking. There's that spirit over there. You know, it's like a combination of a lot of different things. And so your thoughts could be almost like a psychic conversation that you're hearing as well as a part of. So just something to consider that your thoughts may not just be originating from you. Okay. That's very interesting as well. Thank you. I, <laughs> I appreciate that. So you're welcome. Um, I ask all my guests this. So, uh, Give me one to two songs that you are currently popular on or listening to or kind of get you pumped up uh, and get you going. Well, so I love the song Journey. Um, Don't Stop Believing. That's always, you know, okay. important. It's, it's a just the message. Yeah, the message of the song, the message of the band. If you haven't checked out the documentary about the Filipino singer who suddenly was like the lead singer of Journey after like 
being almost homeless in the Philippines. Like, it's a really crazy story. Uh, I love that one. And then another song that pops up um, a lot of time is, is Send Me an Angel. So I believe we get uh, messages through music. So if a song comes up and there's a message with a title of the song means something, pay attention to that. A lot of times it's our angels communicating with us. Okay. Thank you. I, like I said, I started asking all my guests that, and I typically download those songs onto a playlist and kind of keep those in the, Oh, nice. Yeah. It's kind of cool to reference back. On. <laughs> and, and it's kind of neat to just to see what people are listening to. It kind of, like you said, it kind of can describe someone or, you know, some yeah. people's songs surprise me. So. In this case, I think that for this conversation, it's, I mean, I, I have very eclectic music taste, so like all kinds, but for this question, those, those felt like psychically like the ones to mention. <laughs> <laughs> Good deal. Um, Laura, we are right at our time limit. Um, you've been an amazing guest. I really appreciate it. You are, you seem extremely intelligent and you're very easy to talk to. Um, I think you are really good at what you do. Um, you send good vibes. And like I said, it's, it's been great. And I really appreciate you coming on and I'm glad that, you know, we connected online and, uh, you know, maybe that happened for a reason, but I believe there are no accidents. Like if I just feel to reach out, I, I do, you know, so yeah, it feels like it's, it's important and yeah, it's really a pleasure. I love the topic of your show and, and thanks for having me. Yeah. And um, you know, feel free to, to tell the, the listeners where they can find you. And, and you know, like I said, I'll include those links in the show as well, but um, you know, tell us where we can find you and then maybe what you got planned for uh, the rest of 2021. Sure. So my website is healingpowers.net. And I'm also on the social media platforms, Twitter at that lower powers, Instagram at lower powers 44 and on Facebook at healing powers. My books are on Amazon and all the major book platforms. And uh, yeah, email address that people want to connect with me is bookings at laurapowers.net. And yeah, I offer all different kinds of classes on psychic development, training, manifesting. So any of these things are of interest to you, please feel free to reach out or check out the services page of my website. Great. Ladies and gentlemen, Laura Powers, thank you very much.